two, three and two to four. Average Joe and Joe Boo on your radio. Ready, make a podcast, so turn it up. Cause you know we about to mix it up. With music, sports, games, and more. On the podcast, things you think you don't care about. Ain't nothing but a Joe thing, baby. Two guys with mics getting crazy. We picking up material daily. So don't miss an episode. Welcome back to the podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About by Average Joe's Media. We talk about all things that, that's fair, things that are in the game. We make sure we keep it clean and we generally hear it both ways, typically when we are losing arguments. Guys, it's May the 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Remember your focus creation reality. We know you've missed us. Quarantine, surgeries. And the like has kept us off the air very long, but uh, I got top producer and helped us out get back in the swing of things last week. And uh, you know what? We're back. We're back today. And uh, you know, we hope you enjoy everything that we put out there. We enjoy putting it out there. We're on TikTok. We love it so much. Today we have longtime friend, first time guest, Jeff Hoddle. In our episode where, you know what, we went off script today, and uh, we're, we're just going to see what happens. But we're going to make sure that we keep it clean. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media. I am the Average Joe Boo. And I'm the Average Joe. And today joining us, longtime friend, long time since we've connected, Need to fix that. Jeffrey Hoddle. Good day, good day. Jeff, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm getting by in the world. I cannot uh, complain too much. That's good. That's I mean, good. you're in a hammock on average yeah. news media. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you, uh, you are the definition of relaxed right now. <laughs> I'm bearing the burden right now. That's good. We, I mean, we appreciate know, it. We appreciate it. I know it. you guys are the math teachers, but uh, that one plus that one equals living the dream. Mm. Gosh. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going with that math. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And remove. Okay. So shout out, <laughs> shout, shout out to South Girl and Math Department back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, so you just kernels. just like how uh, Frank Dukes had the fastest uh, <laughs> knockout with a kick uh, in Bloodsport. That was the fastest I've ever had to kick me off of this <laughs> thing. By the way, <laughs> just, just so you're aware, Big Joe. Uh, <laughs> hey man, average Joe's media. We go big or go home. That's fair. Mm. <laughs> okay, so uh, so let's let's first get into the uh, the common ground. Jeff and I have we, we both teach math. He, he, you teach for Mesquite. I teach for Garland. And uh, are you having the same struggles I'm having? Uh, well, what are your struggles? My struggles are uh, trying to trying to teach in my pajamas is uh that's fantastic but it's not very helpful in the motivating department does that make sense that's that's struggle number one it, it does that's struggle number one that is we well, just mean, need to get more no, motivating sure. pajamas then well i i do have some that say you're the best but i mean generally reserve those for later uh so <laughs> the uh the other thing though <laughs> 
the other thing though is uh so we have to have these office hours right and it's for people to be able mm -hmm. to access you right like you got to be right. available during a certain number of office hours so i'm available during these office hours i'm running a google meets or hangouts or whatever and nobody joins ever ever really and so i'm just sitting there at my computer waiting for somebody to join and nobody joins and it's it is literally a wasted hour outside of i'll answer a couple of emails which i would have done regardless of where i was sitting but i'm having to sit at my computer wait for people to join my my office hours and nobody joins that's my biggest struggle right now well it's like, are your office hours from 2 to 3 a.m no 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 sir no, sir. Uh, I do, okay. however, appreciate that as a possibility because <laughs> it, may, it may be because that, that may be the time when everybody's awake. <laughs> There's a possibility. We're just getting the night started. That's, that's correct. <laughs> so, uh, no, nine to ten in the morning for the handful of early risers and then one to two after lunch when generally most of the teenagers uh, in America wake up. Right. That's right. True. Okay, so, those are good, solid office hours. Right, good. and it's it's not like if you miss my two-hour window, then you're out of luck. Right. Right. So, anyways. And that's that, every day? That's a, that's a daily. That's a daily. Wow, okay. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that, I would say that's really good because it hits the ones in the mornings and the ones in the early afternoons. And yeah. it, it does not, uh, I mean, it allows the kids, because a lot of kids now, I guess, with their job availability and the, i'm sure their jobs are no noting that they are available yep whenever now and they unfortunately are taking advantage of a lot of the kids mm -hmm. to do that um yeah, yeah I, I would say uh those are good hours um mine are from five to six uh every day monday through friday and i get about four to five every day Whoa. now uh well it's it's uh, i don't know if that's good or not but uh i usually i get about an average about four to five a day and I have two students specifically who are like uh, always trying to be there. Okay. So because we're having a competition, who can have the most Google Meets? Uh, and uh, what are you doing? Winner, okay. Yes, you go. So my my the winner. Uh, I've only told this to them. Uh, <laughs> the the winner gets uh, a full meal paid by me at Texas Roadhouse. Ah. Um. What what I'm actually going to do because I have two of them that are actually they're they're blowing the field away so uh, i'm just gonna take both of them they don't know that yet but uh i don't know if any of your uh average joe media's uh uh any of your fans or could be my students for, and they could be getting this information could and be. now well, the, the gig is up but, if they're not now they need to be yeah oh, wow again yeah. my my uh my opportunity to uh, spread the the good word here uh um, yeah so i i i i so they don't know that, but I'm going to get your contract uh, the, price, by the, the way. The, it, it, I'll tell you what, you could sweeten the deal. And in addition to the paid for meal at Texas Roadhouse, you could bring them on average Joe's media. That's true. That's true. Oh. Be a guest on a locally grow, like fastest grow. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. Podcast. Actually, it's uh, it's the America's fastest growing podcast hosted okay. by Joe's that you know. Oh. Also, is, we are home of Australia's. As, it's such a specific uh, hashtag yeah. that it has to be true. Australia. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. That, that niche is just locked down. You guys right. have that. 
All 37 characters. <laughs> and we're Dallas Fort Worth's number one podcast hosted by two Joes in Garland out of their home. And yeah. uh, we also happen to be responsible all these for, for Australia's favorite a, nobody podcast, has all of them. <laughs> Australia's favorite podcast segment hosted by two Americans named Joe yep. in Garland, nice. Texas. Yep. Yep. Hashtag nice. Hey Dean. So oh, I mean, we're oh. going places in the world, man. We really are. Man. We're going places one character at a time. And we're going to just <laughs> add one if somebody has any kind of contesting with it. And we're we're also pretty famous in Canada as well. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Wow. Don't you know? Don't you know, Sir Saskatchewan Daily Bugle? Yeah. Oh my goodness. On the hunt for some <laughs> some poutine. Uh, that's right. That's right. We gotta get that poutine. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Wow. Shout out to the Maple Leaf. Anyway. Diner. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. We did cut uh, you off, Jeff. I apologize. A little bit of side note trivia here. I love when people talk about Canada. I always bring this up. Uh, Y'all are aware of the uh, the group Rush, is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. You know they have a uh, a song called Y Y Z. Have you ever heard of that or know anything about it? Not uh, not, not off the top of my head. Not okay. So anyway, it's an instrumental, but it's a Y Y Z, and uh, the the reason why they call it Y Y Z is because they are from Toronto, and that is the international airport code for the Toronto International Airport. Oh, okay. YYZ. So if you ever, ever know someone who likes Rush or knows anything about Rush, then there's your little bit of trivia that more likely will be forgotten. But just in case, I want to toss up. that out there. And yeah, and I, You're recording this, so Absolutely. we'll have it forever. We won't forget um, it. <laughs> Shout out anyway. to Rush if you want to come on the show. That's yes, a- there you go. Um, so Y-Y-Z. getting back to <laughs> YYZ, there it is. Um, and it's actually in the beat, the beat that's in that song, uh, Neil Peart, I don't know if you know, he, he was arguably one of the best drummers ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beat that they have on that song that starts out is the Morse code for YYZ. Interesting. Yes. So a little bit. Of... Let me ask you a yes. question. I, I need yes. to know the answer to this question. Are you ready for it? Okay. Is Shut the beat, up. is, is the beat on? <laughs> It, it's always on. Okay. It's always on. The beat is always on. The beat is on. <laughs> anyway, um, so getting back to our original uh, Google Meets. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. I, 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 Actual yeah, topic of conversation for right now. <laughs> yeah. Tangents are everywhere. That's right. Uh, Especially in our so, line of work. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, so that's that's how I kind of sweeten the deal about making sure they have their attendance. Mm. Um and I know some some teachers are actually making that as in a part of their grade. I don't know how you could really do that because, unfortunately, you do uh, in this day and age where uh, the the phrase I guess uh, teaching to privilege yep. is out there because there's a lot of students, especially I work at Mesquite High School and we have a very high, a very low socioeconomic uh, uh, demographic, and so there are a lot of students that are not getting the uh access that they need because of oh, okay. where they're at so but um uh, yes yes it is yes yes yes, yes it is it's 100 this is my oldest daughter quinn say hi hello hello quinn <laughs> yes you can Yay! um as long as you're not making a lot of noise. Anyway, sorry. I know this is this is totally ruining. Do you want to stop and do the whole thing over again? No, yeah, no. One hundred percent. Just listen to season one, and it's nothing but interruptions by my children. You're fine. His children awesome. and his dogs. 
<laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> got a leash for that one? Uh, but, uh, I got a muzzle. <laughs> anyway. Uh, save those for later, too. Keep going. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about your pants. You're the best. Oh, Josh. We miss you, man. Um, anyway. So I think that the hard part is that you got kids that really get access. Now, my beef with that is, is that almost everybody has a phone. Yeah. Oh, so uh, you can gain access to Google Meets pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could be really in Australia and be on a Google Meet, and you could ask questions about, you know, lesson eight point four anytime you want. That's, so that the, is true. The the access there now. The desire for students who want to do that. Uh, I mean, I know I'm sure there are students out there that have all the access in the world, but choose not to do it. And yep. it's just, it's, it's going to come back to bite them. Um, that's the sad part. So my biggest um, thing is that uh, the grace that's needed for these kids, none of them signed up for online school. None of them did. True. And so none of them prepared themselves to have to be uh, self-sufficient in terms of their schedule yet yes right yes. i mean once you graduate you have to be self self-sufficient in some capacity but when you're a 15 year old and you have a regimented schedule from september or august or whatever into yep. may and june it's it's something totally they have to go there otherwise they they actually literally get docked from attendance and potentially have truancy and all that other stuff they have all those other things but this they did not sign up for and so uh that's where my grace is it's kind of coming into play is that most of these kids did not sign up to watch a video to learn or do all their stuff online submit online have all the technical potential technical difficulties that are involved with it and potentially not even have the internet to support what they actually need to be able to do so um that's my biggest issue with the online school right now is that they just don't have they just don't have the capabilities so here's my question to y'all, uh, not coming from a teacher, but from a parent. So with with the twins in their school, they have the Chromebooks, but virtually like 90% of their schoolwork is um, they have to submit it through Google regardless, right? Yep. So for them, it really hasn't been a big transition. I mean, obviously not being in class has been a transition, not having some of that instruction. But the simplest of things. I'm going to tell you what the biggest transition for a kid who did not sign up for online school is, is, and I deal with this firsthand at home, is that in a class, the teacher is going to say, write this down. Why aren't you writing this down? Where are your notes? You need to take notes. Your notes are a grade. I mean, just Y, Y, Z, you know, just keep listing them down the, down the list, you know, and, uh, and the issue is these kids don't know how to, independently teach themselves or independently learn from a video and and show that learning that's the biggest thing so i'm helping my daughter and and i'm sitting back thinking you did you did the exact same question three times with different numbers um if if you would have written down a process on the first one then you would have seen how to do the next two, but she doesn't want to write anything down. And it's because she's always been forced in class to write things down or at least uh, encouraged strongly to write things down. And so, uh, so anyways, um, that's just, that's the biggest thing is that they don't know how to independently learn. 
without some kind of uh, some kind of teacher influence. So, with that being said, from y'all's opinion, are you wanting the more evolved e-learning for the fall, where you guys are going to be like video broadcasting classes the whole time, uh, which I'm hearing talked about, or are you guys just saying to yourselves, you know what? Let's wash our hands, mask up. We want to be back in the class with our kids. Uh, I got mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I think that uh, from I've I've seen some reports of what uh, Dallas ISD and some other districts in there are, are coming up some uh, some plans on it. Uh, as far as like they're going to because this 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 if this situation continues and we're not you know we're not flattening the curve then uh, like we should then right. there's going to be uh, talks about doing staggered. Um, uh, school as far as like uh, kids go in the morning and some kids go in the morning some kids go in the afternoon yep. and they do kind of like a, a, a kind of like a college style where you go on monday wednesdays for this class and then tuesday thursdays um yep. a, a block style but it'll be more more college based in uh, as far as the time frame and then they'll also do like a virtual learning uh during the week like yep. you, you would stay home like do monday monday tuesday wednesday thursday at school and then friday off and you, you, you do your virtual learning. So yep. I've heard many different variations and different uh, augmentations about it. But I think the, the scary part is that we're going to be so used to this right now that <laughs> kids will – this may be implemented into uh, the schedule in the future. Into, which the, is, into a norm. Yes, uh, into uh, the norm. That's right. Norm, yeah. Well, see, yeah. my biggest issue with, uh, with how school has been for the past 12 years or so is uh, – they are focusing on college readiness, but the only the only metric for college readiness is whether or not they pass the test. Right, like that's really the only metric, and so it's no different than than star testing. Is that what qualifies them to graduate high school? And to me, no, tests are not the qualification for readiness of any kind, uh, because the tests are so generic. They have they don't cover what these kids are learning in four years of school eight classes a day for two semesters each year. I mean, they don't cover it. And so it's too simplistic to say that if you pass a STAR test, you're ready to graduate high school. It's too simplistic to say if you pass a TSI, you are college ready in math or college ready in English. Or if you pass the SAT, or uh, pass is not the right word for the SAT, but if you make a qualifying score on the SAT, you are ready to go to whichever college. To me, it's that is too simple of a metric because college is not college school there those are not about a single grade in a class or or your grades high school middle school college all those things are about learning to build your set of skills and and prepare you for life and so uh right now it's funny to me the whole covid19 thing where nobody can meet each other anymore is actually teaching people more about how to be uh, self-sufficient in life. So uh, if, if we go to that college style of classes uh, where it's every other day for uh, uh, we meet in the mornings on Monday and Wednesday and the afternoons on Thursday when, or Tuesday and Thursday or whatever it is, and then online is Friday, to me that is getting them more college ready than a test. And doing this online stuff is getting them more college and career ready than a test. And to me, it's funny how this crisis – I'm putting crisis in quotes because I've been reading way too much Facebook. But uh, 
they're putting this crisis and it's making people it's forcing people to be better later on and i think that's awesome but uh i don't understand how the the aha of this has taken so long and it's taken this type of a crisis to actually realize hey these kids this is what they're going to have to do with later on in life so why can't we implement something like this now you know 10 years ago they had the capabilities to do an online class they didn't have to do all eight but they could have done one anyways so that's, I, I that's, think that's the whole soapbox that i can get on but still well I, i'm the oldest of seven from a blended family and if you count my sister and brother-in-law three three so that's like seven yeah i'd say out of 10 of us and i'm the oldest at 36 two three of us graduated traditionally a lot of my younger siblings or excuse me four of us started doing telecourses or you know, the beginnings of online e-learning just because they didn't have a lot um, extracurricular social going on at school that they really cared for and yep. everything. And, and I experienced this a little bit with my oldest son dealing with some, dealing with some stuff in life. It really not being his thing and uh, going, needing to do the e-learning. Uh, my biggest um, criticism of it kind of where you're going coming from Josh is, the e-learning they it really hasn't been a real um they want it they, they want to try to make it engaging but it's the same thing as like testing right some yeah. oldest boys like why, why would i why do i really need to engage i'm at the end of high school just yeah. tell me what i have to do to go in and take these tests to check this box because i, I want my freedom i want to be able to go but that's and, my and, point and, and pick that's everything. my point is that doing that is more like what they're going to how they're going to address a problem when they graduate either high school or college what do i need to do to be successful to get to the next stage of whatever i'm going through what right, do i got to do but i'm and, saying it would be nice though to have a little bit of that learning that comes from educators like yourself like i don't think i think i grew a lot in school not just because of the materials but the influence that different educators, coaches, faculty, and staff had in my life outside of what was specifically in the book, I learned life skills from them. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying is I like the idea. High school is not about <laughs> grades, man. High school is not about grades. Your GPA is about grades. That's it. High school is yep. about relationships, learning how to build, learning how to connect, learning how to rebuild broken relationships, learning how to uh, bridge gaps. L high school is, is so much more about grades. But – the bottom line is grades are the only metric that uh, can can be really be used to grade or to judge or to evaluate whatever how well the school is doing or how top tier their education is or whatever. The, the report card for the school is so highly valued that the report card for each individual student then becomes so highly valued, but they learn so much more than just stuff that let's face it. They're not going to, they're not going to be, they're not going to get bachelors in English, in history, in science, in math. They're not going to go do all that. So let's just say one eighth or maybe one sixth of their actual course load in high school is going to be what they focus on. So what's the other five sixths about? It's, it's about trying to learn how to be successful 
regardless of the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. It's not, a, I mean, it's not about the grade. The grade is just the, the metric that we use. And to me, success is defined so many different ways that it's, it's not because you made a 70 on a test, but what happens if you make a 10 on the test and then you come back and then, uh, and then on the next test, you make a 57. That's success. It's, it's, a, it's a way to measure growth. It's not, to be, it's not because they passed it with a 70 or not. Like that's to me that it's so it's so short sighted to say a seventy is what causes you to be successful, when if someone went out and studied their tail off in order to improve, that is the best metric of success that a that a school should be concerned about. But again, the report card for the school in the state's eyes is so highly valued that the school looks at the report card of the student individually so that's what i'm saying i feel like so is this going to this event going to uh that? it might it's a strong possibility that it could might what i missed that aid it aid help so, so uh, and it's, this this event this uh, quarantining and covid and all the jazz will this open the eyes of what is uh understood to be more now we're doing dealing with more life issues students uh going back to what kind of what josh was saying is that you know now a 17 year old or a 16 year old or 15 year old in high school now right now they are at home and they have to change gears during the day and they become the parents they become like mom and dad go go to work and then the other one that they, they become the parents at home so they have to kind of watch those kids and learning more about life skills. Yep. Uh, in addition to that, they have to do their normal classwork. So Absolutely. You got, you got kids that are eight, waking up at seven, seven thirty in the morning, and they're they're trying to get their siblings going. Yep. And because they they have to because now the mom and dad are going to, to, to school or going to go to work, and so they have to watch them all day. And then they then the parents get home at five six o'clock in the evening, and then what happens then is that they the older kids have to. To, you know, they get dinner and get everything else going, and then by the time it's nine, ten o'clock at night, that's when they have to, that, that's when they have their time to do their Google Classroom work or whatever it is that they have to do, and they are just absolutely whipped from the day. And so, these these skills that we're teaching that they're now learning, hopefully, will open up the eyes of the state and anybody else who says, okay, we the only metric we've had so far is just grades. That's yeah. all we've had. And that's what the state looks at. That's what schools look at. That's what everybody else looks at for performance and funding and everything else. Yep. Now, maybe this, some small silver lining of this horrible event will open the ideas and open the, the uh, opportunities for uh, what we're doing in our, one of the phrases we're using in our district is grade, grace over grades. Yeah. We need to give the idea of giving grace of what these students are going through and if you've got kids that are turning in 20s and 30s you know yep. hey they're turning in 20s and 30s they used they're to not turn something. anything in yeah so i have i have kids and i and i hate saying this because it's it's a good bad thing and, and the good <laughs> is the kid is turning work he's taking pictures of his of his quizzes uh, uh grades and everything and and and, and sending them to me through remind and he's just so happy and unfortunately i know he is cheating <laughs> that's the big, big thing that sure. we see nowadays in, 
this is that the kids are just getting all the answers from the internet and not learning. Yeah. That's, that's a whole, uh, well, let me, media let me put it, let me put this to you. Let me put this philosophy to you. Um, if it's a subject that they care about, they will learn it. If it's not, then it's exactly what they will do in college whenever they take an online course because they know it's an online course. And so, uh, and so I've kind of had that mentality for a while. Like, uh, listen, if you're going to be a math teacher because you love math, then you're going to take the time to learn it. You're going to learn the steps. You're going to learn how to teach somebody else. You're going to learn, uh, you're going to get into a little group. And when somebody has a question, you're going to jump at the opportunity to show them how to do it or show them where they went wrong or whatever. That's what a teacher's, uh, someone learning to be a teacher will end up doing whether they want to or not. That's just their personality. And so it's what I did in high school. I was like the leader of the calculus uh, study groups or whatever my senior year of high school. And, uh, and so a teacher will, will learn their craft. And so, but that's the thing is they're not going to teach English and math and history. So in history, things don't change. So all they got to do is go to Wikipedia and get a, an answer that seems relatively decent and, uh, and then yeah. copy and paste it. And there you go. They have their answer. But in math, they are going to learn it. If they're going to be a historian, they're going to go to Wikipedia, but they're not going to trust Wikipedia. They're going to then go to Encyclopedia Britannica and all the other things, and they're going to truly get an idea and a picture of that. And then they're going to go do uh, uh, photo math to get the answers for math because they want to be a historian or whatever. And yep. so that is that is how they're going to live. What happens if they have a uh, they don't have the money to fix it, but they need to fix their air conditioner or whatever? If it's a simple fix, they're going to go to a YouTube video and try to walk through a YouTube video. Um, I mean, it's the same process that whenever they want to learn to cook something, they're going to find a recipe. They're going to go to the store, buy the stuff, and then they're going to follow the instructions on the recipe. It, they're not going to make a something from scratch if they're not a chef, right? So, I mean, there's just so many different parallels to why cheating nowadays is not specifically cheating it's doing what it takes to get to where they want to be ultimately see, i think that's what it is the one thing that i feel edu education as a whole has gone down a dangerous 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 can't speak mm. today path mm. is speaking of there's yeah there's not as that's yeah, murder. yes shout out shout out but, but, uh, but, swollen, but, uh, swollen tongue syndrome from the yeah murder. yeah Thank you for today's sponsor, Murder Hornets. <laughs> Japan's hold my beer response to China's COVID nineteen murder That's right. hornet. That's right. Get you some. Get you some. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'll get you here, and I'll get you right here. I, I've struggled with the kids, especially moving into uh, middle school. Uh, with how, at least in our district, it's approached. There aren't any books. They're not really teaching kids how to problem solve as much. Mm -hmm. um, and and like what you're saying, you got time is spent more on the standardized testing than it is learning the material. Yep. Kids are very prone to go look something up, this, that, and the other. My thing is, is you know, in 50, 25, 30 years from now, let's say there's some type of EMP event. And let's just say for 30 days, there's no internet or it's, no electricity. Oh, like an are people, electromagnetic pulse. You were literally thinking that. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Ooh, are, pe wow. are people 
do we have, yeah, do we have a generation or generations now forming of individuals who have not learned how to learn and retain things and to problem solve things because everything they ever need to know is right here in their computer that they carry in their pocket. So I think that's the concerning thing I go back to with my kids a lot of the time is, is no, no, I don't care what the answer is. How do you, you know, trying to go back and teach those skills of this is how you look up something. This is how you research something. This is how you problem solve something, try to tie it into something that's memorable, some real life application. So they'll hold on to it um, because I'm guilty of it. Even as an adult, there are some things that I, I'm not even, I, I don't make space in my brain for because I know I can go Google it. Do, or call your friend, and come hang your TV. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. That's fair. That is completely fair. Uh, you know, it's the perks of having uh, a ha uh, handy Manny as your homie, right. as your right. best friend. That is what that is a perk. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I think the I, biggest. I, I, agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. It's uh, we we are our first thought is to go to our electronic devices to get assistance. Yep. And and it, why like wouldn't said, it be? Well, when right now, why wouldn't it be? But uh, true. 15, 20 years ago, yep. the true, you know, started coming out with, uh, you know, Apple doing all its business. What would, what, what did we do before? You know, like, I mean, you, you mentioned the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, yep. you know, we actually had, you know, that we had those. The you full know, set. The full bookshelf. Yep. That was the cool thing to do if you were, you know, somewhat nerding out. She's like, hey, man, I got the full <laughs> set. And you go reference it and look at it. And of course, you you never ever thought to do a hash, hashtag, you know, fact check on it because you just assumed that was it. <laughs> right. But you knew where to go and look up the research and do the stuff. You had to do the work. And it's that's the hard part is that, you know, back then for me, it, it would take me 30, 40 minutes to get information I needed. Whereas now it takes you maybe 20, 30 seconds on a YouTube video or yep. 20, 30 seconds to go to Wikipedia or something else. You're looking, trying to look at that information. It's, it's uh, the, the hard part is if you don't get this, these kids right now, the students right now, even us right now, if we don't get that information quickly, yep. then it's the, uh, I'm going to give up mentality. Yep. If you don't get it quickly, boom, I'm going to give up. There's, there's a lot of, unless like Josh, like we were saying earlier, uh, the students that have the desire and have the, the wherewithal and the grit to get through that stuff and try to try to problem solve. And that's something that they want to problem solve over things that they have a desire for. Yep. Whereas if it's if it's going to be hey I'm going to get the answer boom there's the answer put it in uh, put it in problem number one there's the answer my math stuff's done yep. you know it's like and, and they they don't think twice about it at all whereas if you have a desire for it then you're going to you're going to spend some time on it absolutely so that's that's part of the issue that I see what you're saying as far as trying to teach your kids you know like my kids my goodness I'm trying so hard I, I try hard to just I try hard to say no a lot. And not. I don't try that hard. It's really easy for me to say no. Well, I'm sorry. It's it, it now it's become you know second nature. It's an old hat. But yeah. as far as trying to and make sure the kids you know do the research and don't answer the question for them. Like, oh like yeah. You, do you don't oh. you don't answer it. Hey, let's go. Let's answer this problem. Well, what, what oh, do you man. think it is? Okay. Then then the whole dialogue starts. And then you know sometimes my kids roll their eyes like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Just tell me the answer. I'm not gonna tell you the answer. Yeah. What do you think it is? And then we talk about it and discuss. Yep. And so I think that's where part of uh, the issues are as far as trying to get that that grit, if you will. Um, well, yeah, it's the instant gratification that once that doesn't happen, 
it's immediate it's immediate like abandonment and so uh, I had the thing I was just trying to teach uh, angle relationships and circles to my oldest and I told her uh, uh, only thing you'll ever divide by in these problems you'll only ever divide by two that's it like if you ever have to hit the division button you're dividing by two there's a couple other steps but generally and so uh, there was these two things and she said uh I need to I need to add these together, right? I was like, yeah. And then she said, I don't know, divide. I said, okay, what by what? She's like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I was like, I just told you. I just told you. I just told you there's only one number you'd ever divide by. And she was like, okay, well, what is it? And I was like, where's your piece of paper that wrote down my instruction for you? Like, and she she got mad. She got mad at me because I wouldn't tell her. And yep. it's, I mean, it's because that she could find a video that told her exactly what to do. Uh, she didn't do that. But my point is, is that, is that that's, that's where my disconnect and like a regular, a regular parent, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put that in quotes. I may get in trouble for this, but somebody who's not a teacher and a parent, somebody who's just a parent and they go to, they go to their job, you know, they do whatever. They come home, they help with, with math. They have the same frustration. They have the exact same frustration as that child. Well, yep. I don't have that Especially frustration. Especially with y'all changing up how you do math. I don't know if y'all <laughs> see an elementary thing. I, I barely made it out of elementary school mastering long division, and then it got changed or something, and people yeah. are writing on desk with yeah. vis-a-vis markers. My mind exploded. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I thought one plus one was always two, and that's why I failed calculus. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think though, you guys probably do have a very challenging position within your families. It's because you guys are teach educators, so you should right. automatically be able to. Your kids should be able to learn from you, like anything. But I think I resort to my educator mentality when I'm educating anybody. Thing, I don't care I who think, it is. I don't think that I think for the most part, kids struggle learning from their parent. They learn better from other people. I know with my yep, kids, it's true. the same way. And, and it's actually shown, I got to give a little love to Josh here. There's been a handful of times you've been at, he's been at the house or been around or something. And there are things that I could have said, demonstrated, done, or may have a thousand times. It didn't resonate. And he's over there being the kid whisperer and he's mm -hmm. able to demonstrate something in a few sentences in a really cool way and it stuck with them and it's something that was a big hurdle for him. And so I, I think, and that's kind of where I was going back to what y'all do outside of teaching material. Yeah, You know what I mean? As educators, I think that's one of the things that people are seeing. Uh, you take, especially high school and middle school, you're not, parents aren't as involved. So they're really <clears throat> taking those teachers that they see all seven of them, right? For granted a little bit. Yep. But there's there's a big impact I think you guys are making in, in the hundreds of kids' lives you see every day. So I think whatever we do next, finding a way to give y'all the time and the space, whether it be uh, through electronics or in person, to continue building that, cultivating that with, with the classes to come will be critical. Yep. Yep. Let's see. I'm going to suppose uh, – I'm no – doctor in this but uh the reason why joe the reason why you get frustrated or your child gets frustrated with you is because you're you have you have one way 
that you know of to do it. And whenever they don't understand that one way, you try to rephrase that same one way and you generally say it the exact same way. And you don't understand why you felt like you said it differently, but they heard the same thing. And so you think you got it. They, they don't. You can't see why they don't because you do and you've told them multiple times. And then you're just, you're just button heads. You're just yeah. button heads, and then ultimately it's like, okay, well, the answer is seven or whatever. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. And the frustration ends as soon as the answer is provided. Whereas there was no gap bridge, there was no learning done, there was nothing. There was frustration, and then an answer provided. Matter of fact, the learning may have been more on the part of the parent yep. than on the part of the student because the parent is now trying to figure out how to teach the child and i've always whenever i've told my kids in class like my students uh if you can successfully show somebody else how to do a problem then you know how to do it when you can teach it you've learned it and so the the parent right now is learning how to do these problems so they can try to teach their students or their children at home and what's happening is because they have such fresh and limited knowledge on what they just learned and they're trying to teach it. Now there's a disconnect. I didn't quite teach it right. So maybe now I haven't learned it correctly and I can't get it to you and they can't get it from you. And now it's just, it's just this unending battle, this loop of I'll never ever be able to teach or teach my child or learn from my parent. And that's what it is. And so, and I'm sitting back, like when my daughter gets frustrated, I just kind of sit back and let her get frustrated. Okay. Okay. Like you get through what you need to get through and then we'll figure out the rest. There are times when I do get frustrated because the parent comes out of me and I'm like, how do you not understand this? <laughs> it is not that difficult, but I also then have to go back to my educator hat and be like, okay, it's frustrating. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's let's, let's work through it together. And so we got through the last assignment after, I mean, some tears were shed and stuff. And, and, uh, but by the end of it, I got, I actually had some lessons of body, how body language says a whole lot more than the words coming out of your mouth. How like that frustration comes out loud and clear when you just like throw your hands up or you sigh real loud or something like that. And, uh, so I had lessons beyond the, beyond math that I was able to teach. And so anyways, there was just, there's just a whole lot of things that this, that this time is affording people both on the parent side, on the mm -hmm. child side, on the educator side. Like there's so many things that, uh, that are going to be in the end beneficial no, the kids right now, they're not going to see it. They're not going to understand how beneficial this was. But once they like sign up for this, they sign up for this self-paced class in college, and it's exactly like what they had to do during quarantine, a lot of them are going to be like, man, I really wished I would have learned how to do this during quarantine because otherwise they're just, they're just going to be up the proverbial creek. But see, I think you just hit on something else, though, man. Like, again, this is me being – the non-teacher in this uh, this equation right here, in this trio, yeah, in this trio, um, is that you guys? It's not just about. I mean, again, I, I don't think teachers get enough credit. Um, I think there's some uh, the good ones at least, right? You guys are not. It's not just about you going to school to learn material. 
You know, like you're not math teachers because you know how to do math or you like numbers. Uh, regardless of what the subject is, I think a, a lot of your education, whether it be things that you were actually taught uh, in college, I don't know, I've never been to those classes, or if it's just what you, what what comes from within and what you've learned through experience, is you guys are it's you you don't just have one way of teaching somebody. Yeah. You guys you guys have mastered or you you're developing mastering communicating to people with all types of learning types, uh, even those with learning disabilities, you're really learning how to be great communicators and leading people uh, on, on, on being educated. Yep. So I just think it's incredible. I think that's what I, one of the things I hope that comes from this uh, is teachers, you know, you see all the Facebook jokes and memes about like people are, you know, oh, my te these teachers are saints because they have to put up with my kids so much. Well, no, I think there's a lot more that teachers are doing than teaching one plus one equals two. Yep. It, yep. Like Josh was saying earlier, but it, you're, you're, at least at the high school, especially at the high school level, you're learning about relationships. Yep. And, and I am I'm a huge proponent of making sure that, yes, you may not be the best, best mathematician in the world. I have, I have let that ship sail. Okay? Yep. I know you're probably not going to be the best ever in math. However... I want you to know that I care about you and I care about what is important to you Yep. and how, how can I help you? That's like a lot of my Google meets, some of them is we're just talking about what's happening in the world and what, how, how best we can help them from our experiences. And it's not, I mean, I, we, we don't, some days we don't talk about math at all. We talk yep. about what is the struggle that's happening in your world? How can we best help you based on what we've done in the past? So that's the big key part in our world right now is making sure that those uh they call them soft skills but yep knowing how to really live and how to communicate and be with other people it, it's a mm -hmm. it is a challenge for all that's right I mean, absolutely a teacher, a teacher sometimes i mean we we need to be the better students yeah. and learning about these things and i think what's going to happen like you were saying is that this will help us understand better how to communicate with people how to better reach out and know that we're, we're going to get through this and we're going to go through some math and we're going to do some stuff here, but I want to know what's going on in your world and how best we can help you out. Yeah, I would say the uh, the one detriment to a teacher in this situation is the uh, the situation now that a teacher no longer has to try to juggle 30 different situations, Right a teacher can juggle one situation at a time and can focus on that one situation. And I would say that that would, that is potentially going to diminish the teacher's ability coming back. They're getting used to this whole one-on-one -on -one thing all the time. And now they have to go back to 30 on one. There's going to be a little bit of a, a, a lag in getting back. It's going to be like jet lag where you're used to this, I'm online. You're. It's just me and you in this Google Meet. Or like maybe four, you know, Jeff was talking about four or five. Uh, I don't know if it's all at once because if you're there for an hour, it could be one on one for for ten minutes, and yep. you get one on one for each one of them or whatever. But uh, they got uh, you know some of my best some of my best teaching this year happened in the second semester when I got like five or six kids back from AEC or, or uh, they transferred because the situation was bad early. They came back. Uh, and they all came into the exact same class. They all came into the same class. And so what I did was I let the kids who were, who were self-starters, I let them go. And, and here's your assignment. I, we, did the, we did the lesson. 
the, the kids who didn't care anything about class, I said, if y'all would just be quiet while I'm teaching, then you can talk while everybody's working because they're going to talk. Let me be able to teach those who are going to who are going to start going right now. And then the ones that were in between, I'd go around. And then uh, the last like 30 minutes of class, I'd sit down with those kids that did, had no care about being in my class. I'd sit down with them and let them talk about whatever. And I'd chime in with stupid little dad jokes and stuff. And uh, and they got to be like, man, this guy's cool. This guy understands that life ain't all about geometry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, my job is, but but not life. And right. so, uh, and so they actually started doing stuff. Like, I mean, it was little. It wasn't like they were bringing me this ge geometric portfolio that was immaculate. But uh, but they they do a lesson here, a lesson there, and. Uh, and I'd be like, "Hey, man, I bet you, I bet you, if you pass this test, I'll, I'll pass you for the six weeks." And they were like, "Huh, okay, this this guy, this guy didn't make me do a ton, and he yeah. still might help me out." And uh, actually, uh, it was like one or two of them, one or two of the five actually did. And I was like, "That's that's all I can hope for, right there." That at that best, it was well, obviously it was only one six weeks of stuff because then we got shut down. But, um. But yeah, I mean, and then the other kids that don't want to be in class, now that you said earlier, they're turning stuff in. They may be turning in sevens and tens in terms of percentage, but uh, it's better than zero. I mean, effort is has to be acknowledged in some capacity. Especially so, now. Especially now. Have especially to now. Give credit and make sure, and it's, you have to be effusive with the, the praise. You have to be effusive with the praise to those students that are now just like, like okay, I'm going to go ahead and submit these assignments that I've never done ever before. I mean, I got an email from a senior the other day that I know, Mr. Otto, I've not done jack in your class the entire year. Yeah. I've not done anything. What can I do to graduate? What can I do to get my things going? Even right there, I, I mean, I can sit there and say, you know what, you've had, you know, you had four and a half, six weeks to, you know, get your stuff done. You didn't do it. Now you want to get everything back. It's like, you know what? Step back, listen to what they're saying. They're ready to do some work. Let's let's get them to let's get them to, to do some work. And, and it's it, it's the idea of really understanding their situation and reaching out to them because, like you said, if you got those two out of those five students to to, to pass, then if I can get this senior to to do their work now, and even though that they're you know they're some of them are cheating. Uh, they're they're proud of it. I don't know if that sounds weird. They're proud of cheating. They're proud of actually showing me that they're doing well on, on their assignments and and they want to do more and yep. they want to get on these Google Meets and they want to say, hey, Mr. Rob, can I go over this problem real quick for you? And like the, they they do one or two with me, but I'm I'm sure the majority of them are, are getting the answers from Mathway or something else. But yep. you're you're making that relationship. You're making that that bond with them, and I think it's. The, the the sacrifice is that it's it's cheating, but the other the other side of that is that you're you're actually being able to connect with them now and yeah. meet them at a different level that you've never been able to get to them in being in school. Yeah, I'd say the sacrifice is extremely minimal compared to those two things. Like there, that really is no sacrifice for someone to now because now they're taking the time to actually go find the answer, whereas before they were never taking the time to find the answer. Yep. So. Is it, is, is it a sacrifice to say they copied the answer or is it uh, an understanding to say they went and found it? They went and actually 
did took some initiative and found something. So uh, to me, the, there is no comparison or no, uh, no, no sacrifice there because everything worked out for the benefit of that kid, whereas they weren't working out before. So um, it, it's, it can only be seen as a good thing, in my opinion. Now, yes, anybody can turn something bad and negative if they want to, if that's their mentality, cup, you know, half empty type, type perspective. But um, cheating, okay, okay, life is cheating. Life one hundred percent is cheating because you did not go take a class to learn how to cook. You're you're using a recipe. You have it's an open note test every time you cook a meal. Um, I mean, just it's everything, you know. Uh, you, something happens with your Roku and you don't know how to, <laughs> you don't know how to reconnect it. What do you do? You go watch a video. Now you're watching a notes, like a live notes instruction manual on how to redo something at your house. Everything in life is getting the help you need and finding the resource necessary to help you be successful. And so to me, it's not cheating when they do that. And the, the diehard math teachers, the diehard educators that are all about the process and all about everything. Yeah, there's a lot to that if that is what they're going to do in life. The process is absolutely necessary. But the process of getting to where you need to get to be successful is equally as necessary for them to be able to move on in life and be successful. So I don't know. It's it's. It's you can look at it one way and say that it's the kids. Uh, it's a detriment to the kid and his learning. You can look at it another way and say uh, this is the best possible outcome that this this kid or this situation could hope for. And so, anyways, uh, that's where I struggle with uh, with having the debates with with other teachers that have this uh, this diehard if they don't show your work type of thing or. Or whatever, and I'm like, that's that's such a microcosm of the issue. It, it doesn't yeah. even it doesn't even it pales in comparison to what's actually going on. So. Joe, you're back. <laughs> it took a little nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just well, you got my. I saw you read my message and shake your head. So you're right. You're right. I did. You're right. Well, I did. He had to go. I, to, he had to go to the old loo. Earlier, my. Uh, my youngest daughter was uh, trying to get on my shoulders there, and she's subtly asking me to get her ready for bed. So I, I do have to depart now. I apologize. Oh, that's not a problem. Uh, love the show, the program. Uh, average shows for life. I guess there you go. That's what we're talking about. That's uh, right. I will put that out on uh, on MySpace. Still a thing, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> see if that'll work. If I'll get my one hit. I have one friend. It's actually me. The other account I made. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's trying to get uh, you trying to get some there. traction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I got two, baby. Me and somebody else. Um, but fun. yeah, I'll uh, I'll put it out there and uh, get your word out there and see if we can get you uh, <clears throat> beyond Australia. There Good you deal. go. Antarctica's. Well, it's a pleasure getting to meet you, man. Look forward to seeing you As again well. sometime. It was great. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate you guys continuing on the conversation. I will uh, watch the recording later. Appreciate you, Jeff. Yep. Take care, gentlemen. Oh, man. So, education, Joe. Education, this is the best possible thing that could have ever happened for education in my eyes. I don't disagree with you, man. I don't disagree with you at all. I think the, what I'm hoping everyone pulls away from this whole experience is what is important in life and what 
maybe isn't, what are the things that we've taken for granted that we should pay more attention to? Yeah. You know, absolutely. what's, um, I, I just, I pray that life does not return to the feverish, busy, slaved, always moving pace that it's been. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Speaking of what life's going to return to, What's the what's the most uh, what's the most thing you miss? Or what's the thing you miss most about pre COVID nineteen? Like, what you, what's the first thing you're gonna go do? Well, I mean, I I plan on between now and when COVID's over, returning to the studio and finding time for us to hang out. Aww. I think uh, I think we've stayed well. You've made it far enough outside of uh, surgery and recovery. Hopefully, I'm hoping um, so too. You know, with uh, Want to make sure that you were well, um, so and not run that risk. So yeah, so I think definitely us hanging out uh, in the studio, going places, doing things, being at each other's houses—that's really sucked. Um, and I think I'm probably there's some uh, some restaurants uh, that me and the work fam used to hit oh, yeah. uh, that I really do miss. Okay, so I mean, Fogo to Chow is like one of my yeah. first things. That's happening. I, I I owe you a birthday. It's, well, I'm I'm not gonna say you don't. Yep, I owe you a birthday lunch. So, but uh, I'm uh, I'm wanting to hit that, and I know it's probably opening soon, or has been open for a little bit for a limited capacity. So, uh, I mean, I'm thinking probably end of my second month of recovery, I should be at a point where I can eat that. Mu- excuse me, that much meat. And feel comfortable. Maybe, maybe two weeks, maybe two weeks, give or take, give or take, but I'm doing that. And, uh, you know, uh, going to the theater, once they open those things back up, yep. man, I, I love just, I love the, the- theater experience and mm-hmm. I can't, uh, I can't say how much, especially now having being home all day. I'm how many movies am I missing out on being able to pay like four bucks because it's matinee that I could go I'm to. You. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So, Anyways, I just, I miss, I love the movies and I miss being able to go to them. And, uh, and they're just, I mean, it's a way to escape all the, all the monotony or the mundane or the the crazy or whatever you want to call it. Well, I like supporting, um, you know, the the restaurants that we frequent a lot, the movie theaters that we like, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, just socializing, you know, um, and we've shared about this on the podcast, I think whenever, you know, we started reconnecting, Average Jewish Media was in its infancy, you know, I was in a little bit of a, wasn't the best place I've been in, you know what I mean? I think you had some stuff too, but um, what I've, what's come about uh, over the past couple of years for me as far as reconnecting, I was reconnecting with all of our old friends, a lot of people that, you know, we hadn't seen in years and a lot of the fun that was happening, really, my kids being older, um, mom and Josh being here, having more help with them. You know what I mean? Like having this, um, yeah, just having a social life, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's been, uh, it was, it was pretty right. awesome, you know? And so not, not having that, not been, not been the best, Yeah. but, uh, again, I mean, family is safe. Family's healthy. Uh, so, so are friends. So I can't really complain, you know, it, it's small, uh, compared to what some people are facing, you know, like we've both been working, Yep, we've been fortunate. Yeah, very much so. So, so yeah, definitely. Okay, so this quarantine is almost over. I mean, it feels like it's almost over. Like the big push for everybody stay home. I mean, it's starting to open up a little bit, 
right? So the, there are things opening up, but it's still like a like a quasi quarantine. Okay, I mean, stay home unless you're going to eat, and then you go right back home, or or going to the grocery store. Anything else, stay home. So, what are you staying away from? What are you staying away from during the remaining time of this quarantine? Um, I would say probably. I might, as a little more time goes by, I might feel comfortable going into a restaurant. I got to tell you, until there's been some case study available, I definitely would stay away from a buffet, which really stinks because obviously, Fogo de Chao, we want to go to, and then that's I different need... than a buffet, dude. You don't have to go to the. You don't have to go to the. No, the that's veggie. fair. They they cook it and bring it to you. That's so fair. They may bring less quantity on the skewers now. That's fair. So. It would be less likely, but they're also going to be spaced out tables and they're not going right. to be, there's not going to be as much people that they're walking close to as they're coming to you. So yeah. there's going to be a whole lot of different uh, things about it. But uh, to me, it's not going to, it's not going to make that. Well, like Alibaba, I mean, Alibaba's is the other one that yeah. uh, I made a point to go. They're only doing curbside after four o'clock. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago I did it, but by the time, you know, about 20 minute drive, by the time I got home, it just wasn't quite the same. But because of this though, <clears throat> I was starting to try to roast different vegetables uh -huh. and um, I was going to, we ended up not cauliflower. I got it going bad during the hot water heater thing, fiasco, but uh, I'm trying to, I'm getting back into cooking some. Just okay. because you know the, a lot of this this food that I've grown to love over the past couple of years, I'm not I don't really have access to it. Sure. And uh, mom's mom's a great chef, but she's really not a huge fan of Mediterranean, so I'm kind of on my own there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Are. So uh, so it's good stuff, good stuff. But uh, I've I've been I think I've been fairly cautious with the stores. You know, yeah. I think where there's curbside and online, I was doing that beforehand. You know what I mean? That's true. Since my falling out with Walmart and managing grocery shopping with three three preteens back in the day right i try to avoid going into stores like the plague before the plague hit us in COVID 19 but um i think sure. uh i think it, it just my my you, you know you're talking about how you think it's almost over yeah well, i mean it's I, like it's like lessening you know what i mean well the thing is what i i think we're i i think we're, we're not quite through the woods yet I, i'm going to give it another week to two weeks. And then I think things are going to take another drastic turn because the numbers here hadn't stopped climbing. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think there yeah. could be some adjustment. I just, what is, I, what is climbing though? You know what I mean? Again, like, I'm just saying what I think people's reaction is going to be. There's been, there's been so much, there's been so much death by the regular flu that doesn't get reported that this thing is, is for whatever reason now reported to me it's know. just to me it's just is there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff that 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 lessens what it truly is doing not that it's not dangerous or not that it's not uh we have risk factors of getting it uh, not that it can't kill you like i'm not trying to say any of that all i'm saying is there's just a whole lot of other stuff that can kill you too that if this is the if covid19 is the thing keeping you in your house 
okay, if that's the straw that broke the camel's back, okay. But there are so many things that you can contract or that can get to you that can that can cause you to die. There's, I mean, there's just so much. Anyways, to me, it's 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 one more thing out there that you could get that you could get sick and and go through some pain or death. I don't know. It just to me, it's it's. I don't know. Too much quarantine could also result in making people more susceptible to getting other more common things that could get complicated because of you know a suppressed immune system. But what all I was saying is 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 what I struggle with all this, and this is a good segue. You know, as we're winding down, probably to look at what we might want to talk about next week with a, you know, just tossing out the idea of maybe we pull the trigger on that conspiracy theory episode. Oh, but there, you go. there um, you go. I still have my homework to do from uh, top of the dude chain, but yes, um, you do. the uh, it's like my, four my, hours worth. My problem is that the the science, the math, the statistics, the trends that that made our elected officials tell us, Hey guys, we think this is what's in the best interest for everybody because we don't want the hospitals to be overrun. Right. None of that changed. You know, that's my, my biggest criticism with Abbott throughout all this governor Abbott is none of it changed, man. Like, like you were doing regional approaches. It was all, it all, the decisions matched consistent logic. Yeah. So what I'm saying is here regionally in Dallas Fort Worth, the the numbers of cases and deaths are breaking the previous records, still moving upwards. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, for so, example, here's okay. So before you start talking about statistics, I want you to know that statistics can say whatever you want them to say. No, I don't disagree with that. And I'm not I don't know. I think there's issues with the quality of the test. What is the test looking for? Um, we also we we I think we've touched maybe or just in conversation. There's the whole issue of how accurate are the death reports? Are they solely specifically COVID, or are they a combination of other things? I don't I don't disagree with any of that. What I'm saying is is my trust in my elected officials. You know what I mean? Is yeah. is is what yeah. I'm saying is is like what decision you you told me to trust you because of this logic? Yeah. And now you're you're doing an about face on it with no justification or explanation. So I bet they have justification and explanation, but it's the point is is that they are seeing statistics say two things: the side that says this is all a hoax, or this is all some kind of democratic plea, and then they're also seeing the side where the act, the the numbers seem scary, but when you Think about how many Americans there are. If you're just talking about the United States, uh, it, it's it's a very small percentage, and so, but the actual number is scary. Like it's, let's just say it's twenty five thousand people. That's a lot of people. But if we're talking about three hundred twenty million Americans, it's a very very small percentage of Americans, which means it's very not likely that you get it. And so a pure numbers uh, uh, stance versus a statistical percentage stance, those two things are going to be on opposite sides of an argument. And so uh, to me, it's, they're, they're not going to tell you that they're, that they're changing their mind because their stats are different. 
because it's, the stats aren't different, but they are. They are because I, I'm about to I'm about to tell you some stats right now that are gonna like be like, oh well, that's that's nothing to really worry about, and and but and you're then gonna <laughs> be like, well, it's still twenty five thousand people or whatever. Okay, yeah, great. It sure is. Yeah, there's because those haven't changed, but these stats you didn't know about. But now maybe Governor Governor Abbott has looked at it and been like, oh well, maybe the threat isn't nearly as as violent as it was well, uh, whenever hear, we first made all these decisions. Hear me out. We're having more people being admitted to hospitals now than the they were a month ago. Okay. We're having more people who are requiring ICU treatment in the hospitals. Now I'm talking not national, I'm talking locally. Okay. Than before, right? Okay. Yep. So that to me, says that this whole curve thing, we haven't flattened it yet, right? Because it's still- All right. those admittances are COVID. Every one of them. No, no, no. Hold on. I was admitted. That's fair. Okay. What I'm, what I'm trying to say, though, is, is that the flattening the curve, we were told that that was to not overwhelm our medical facilities. Okay. It was to try to slow it down to where, yeah, we're still going to have people that are going to get sick. They're still going to need to go to the hospital and all these different things. But we need to do it. It needs to happen over a longer period of time so that we have enough hospital beds. The doctors and nurses have rest. You know what I mean? That whole thing, right? So what I'm saying, so regardless of whether you think everyone's going to die from it or not, regardless of how what your what statistics we're looking at and the interpretations of the statistics, right? We can all at least agree that the flattening the curve logic was not about curing the disease or ridding us from the disease. It was about not collapsing our medical infrastructure. Our medical infrastructure is still continuing to be stressed higher and higher in some areas. So, yeah. so, so what I'm saying is, is if, if our numbers were already rising with all, with everybody being away from each other, we're going to increase people's activity and exposure to each other. Um, and we're basically telling them to ignore all this reasoning rationale we've given them because the data hasn't changed. We're just saying it's okay to go do this now. All right. And so the numbers are going to continue to rise even more. So I'm just, that's all I'm saying is, are we going to get to a point to where we have, we don't have enough resources? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to tell you the numbers will continue to rise regardless because are people still dying of the regular flu? Well, yeah. Okay, so those numbers are still rising from back in the 20s or whenever the flu first actually started, right? I don't know when it when it actually yeah, but, started. But what I'm saying but is those I'm, numbers are still rising. Would you not agree? I would, but what I'm what I'm okay. talking I'm not talking about COVID specifically. Because of the concern of the COVID patients needing hospital beds, a lot of people's surgeries got put on hold. A lot of people's cancer treatments got put on hold. There's a lot of, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you have a hospital in a town that has a hundred beds and you have 90 of them because there's been an influx in people with COVID that need to be there for a couple of days. And then you have 25 other people that come in with heart attacks, strokes, other things. You could be stressed and not have enough resources for everybody's health needs. That's okay. But I'm doesn't, isn't that where companies like yours kind of come in play where home health care it can be stretched to a to a, accommodate that type of stuff where uh, i'm talking about cancer needs. like okay a cancer but can a cancer treatment be set up in a home temporarily no why don't they just need like a, a an iv and no. and whatever whatever thing they need to inject like 
aren't there things that can be done that way? Yeah, well, they're not. So a lot of cancer treatments result in patients having to be quarantined from certain populations for a certain number of days. At because, their home? Well, not that, all people can do that. That's the best possible quarantine. I know, but they're not going to put radioactive chemicals in, in, in people's homes, and they're not going to do radiation treatments in people's homes. They're not going to. They're not going to put chemo in someone's house. Why? Because they, they're not going to. They, they they don't. They're not going to do that. You're going to be hooked up to a whole bunch of different things. And that's that, here's a misnomer about home health. You have skilled care and non-skilled care, right? So okay. skilled care is going to be um, things that do involve legitimate RNs, LV like LVNs, yeah, um, nurse yep. practitioners and doctors, right? Understood. The bigger picture of home health, when people you talk about home health, the majority of the home health services that are being administered in the homes are okay. non-skilled staff. So you have great simple things. Sure. Things. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying is, in a in a temporary circumstance, couldn't that be broadened for stuff like this? Uh, let's say somebody needs uh, uh, somebody needs to be admitted for. Uh, uh, I don't know because they're dehydrated or something. They need to be on IV fluids. Uh, can't that be done at home? By can an RN go to their house and then hook them up to an IV and then get them the fluids they need to? So, so there's th three problems. With that one is bureaucracy and red tape. So the good thing that's happening with COVID is is that state and the fe the federal, state, and local governments are having to relook at telemedicine, telehealth, okay. and and loosening some restrictions on allowing certain things to happen in the home more free. Great. The other problem you have is, is there's been a developing nursing shortage in our country for it has been growing, right? Okay. So you don't have enough people. There's not enough skilled people to work in the hospitals and work in the homes. The other issue you have, which is less prevalent in urban environments, but take, take for example, Texas, Texas is largely rural. Right. Sure. So, so you have, you know, let's say your community in the Panhandle or in the Permian Basin, right? The the you're going to have a fewer number of these medically trained skilled people, and those are a hundred percent probably going to be working in the limited medical facilities that are covering that greater region. Sure. So that's that's the other challenge too. Well, but I don't disagree with you. It needs to happen more, and I think we're going to start seeing. Um, we're going to start seeing some of those things change. But the other piece of it is, is you have, you have these populations are the supposedly the populations that are the most frail and the most, um, uh, the most in danger because of COVID. Right. So you have them not wanting to let strangers in their homes. You know what I mean? And then, you okay. Have so let me, let me just, let me just talk to you about that. So, uh, People 18 to 44 die at a rate of one one hundredth of a percent. Children under the age of 18 die at a rate of one one thousandth of a percent during the heart of this pandemic. One, one, one out of every 1,000 people. I mean, what? Um, where are you getting those numbers? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about my source. Don't you okay. worry about my source. I'm not going to compromise my source. But that's my point is that 25,000 people that get it and I'm just I'm just 
pulling twenty five thousand out of my out of my rear, but twenty five thousand out of three hundred twenty million is <laughs> extremely extremely small of a number. And so, percentage wise, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to keep restaurants closed down. The people that are in the danger categories for being susceptible to uh, this illness being terminal, the, those people are going to stay home most likely because they're going to see those statistics in their age category and they're going to be freaked out and they're not going to go anywhere. But the people where the risk is extremely low is like what's stopping the economy for them? Like what's stopping all the access for them, which it's already going to then decrease who goes out because of those different categories of people. But, here's but the that's what, that's what governor Abbott, that's the stuff that's coming to him. Like he's getting the raw numbers and he's getting the percentages and he's having to look and see what's really the issue. What's okay. really going to happen if some people go to the restaurant and they don't touch anybody else because they're six feet away because they mandated the tables be six feet away or whatever. I, I don't, I think that there is, there, there is, and there should be a measured way of allowing more business to operate. I think that there should have been more effort put into that throughout this whole period of time. What I'm saying is, is my own comfort level. I'm going to give it a little bit of air to make sure people have perfected the process because the problem is, is that there's not enough bandwidth right now to regulate or to monitor it. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. People are going to do whatever they want. There's no insurances right now. If that makes any sense, you got to put your faith there's in the- There's no assurances ever, Joe. Ever. There will never be assurances when it comes to trying to protect yourself from a disease. I think you're, you're still missing my point there. Oh, okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi. What's your Shut point? You're not going to go out until you can be assured that you won't get sick. No, no. You can never be assured of that. That's not what I said. It is. I said. You said, I'm going to give it some more time so I can see that processes have been perfected so that I can have more assurances that things are done correctly. Right like now. Almost exactly what you said. We're in an experimental phase of businesses and trying to meet regulations and regulations being plucked from midair mid with what they think is going to work, what they think is going to have minimal impact. So wow. what I'm all I'm saying is, is that the regulations that have been set that people are trying to follow, okay, they have not been tested or proven. We're in the testing ground right now. Nothing's been proven. So as from a, from a scholar like yourself, right? You got a hypothesis, right? What are you and looking to be proven? What, what needs to be proven to you that if you go to uh, flying saucer trivia night, you're not going to get COVID there? No. No. Okay. Then what do you need? What do you need to be proven to you? Explain to me what logic it says. I can, I can go to a restaurant where my food and my beverage are being carried around in front of and around other people, right? It's exposed to air, which we know scientifically that the 
uh, germs, the, 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 the micros, whatever you're going to call them, can stay in the air, travel is in upwards of 8 to even 12 feet. Okay. Yeah, sure. So that is deemed safe now because we want this industry to start making more money. But I can't go to get my hair cut where I'm not putting anything in my mouth. Nothing is being exposed that's going in my mouth. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm trying to get at. What I'm telling you is that there is no direct contact at a restaurant between you and the server. But there is direct contact between you and the salon person, the stylist. Well, my but here's the thing. They're avoiding direct contact for as long as possible. Right. You, yes, they are indirectly contacting you by touching the plate, which my guess is they would probably be if they're doing this thing practice perfect, uh, they have gloves on. But okay, okay. yeah, I get it. Here, I get it. Movie. Same thing in the movie theater. You're telling me that, like, again, if I sit a, a couple spaces around from each other, okay. that those particles are not going to still be in the air. I'm not saying that I'm scared, deathly scared of getting it or that I'm yes, going to. Yes, you die. are. No, I'm not. Yes, okay. I'm saying that I don't hey, know. Prove me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Let's go eat. Let's go eat. We're all fixed to wrap up because it's almost it's after nine and I'm going to be eating soon. But uh, um, anywho. What's the uh, difference between a nine o'clock dinner and a 10 o'clock dinner, Joe? A, a lot in my blood sugar the next morning. Um, so Not if you sleep an extra hour. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is, is that I am trying to take an approach of reasonable caution. Ah. Because that's how I'd approach anything in life. If there is a suspected threat, I'm going to move cautiously around that threat until I've had time to evaluate it and measure it. What are you going to evaluate? That's my question. What are you going to evaluate? How are you going to even in any way, shape, or form evaluate when you finally decide to go to a restaurant? What's going to be your evaluation of it? Like well, yeah. you're going to have to have some kind of statistical data from that place that warrants you walk through the doors. Part of it for me is going to be whether or not I have, depending upon when we, the availability of access to antibody testing, the reliability of that and what we've grown to learn as far as immunity from having antibodies. And also what is the availability for testing if in fact you have symptoms? I mean, Maybe this all stems from me having an autoimmune disorder. So my immune system already fights itself. And so it's just a matter of time. It seems like before there's something in me that my immune system is going to like have go to war with. Like maybe that's where, maybe that's where I'm coming from. Maybe, maybe. Well, again, I'm trying to be conscious and aware because it's not just the, I don't like the labels of, of healthy people versus unhealthy people either because you, for all the people that don't have, that don't check the, all the boxes for what, because, but first of all, what this, who this is targeting changes almost every day. I'm trying to keep it clean, but you're going to interact with those people. Are you? Yeah, you are. Cause you are have people you? living with you at home. You have people in your life. Here's Some the of deal. Us don't. People with people with autoimmune disorder don't, they don't look a certain way. They're not a certain age. It's People true. with diabetes don't look a certain way. They aren't a certain age. People that have congenital true. heart disease and other respiratory and vascular issues, it doesn't mean they're old. It doesn't mean they're overweight. It doesn't mean they've smoked 10 packs a day for 45 years. 
It's true. You have, you have people that have. You're making true problems. statements, but you're not answering the question of why are you so deathly afraid of going to a restaurant? It's not about deathly being afraid of going to a restaurant. The fact of the matter is, is right now I'm controlling my ecosystem. Oh, I'm are you? Yeah, I'm limiting. You're controlling the ecosystem. I am. So but, when your mom leaves and comes back, you, you're putting her through some kind of decontamination. No, I'm aware of, of the people that are in my bubble and that we're interacting with. There's a level of knowledge and trust about what processes they're following as well. That's ah. why I'm not in complete control, but I'm much more aware. What I'm saying is I'm limiting me and my family's exposure. Okay. To yeah, of course. Because it's not just about me or my kids. It's about the rest of my family. It's about other people. The other thing is, is you have folks that could be carrying this for up to 14 days none of which with any symptom, symptoms that's highly contagious that could affect someone else who goes home and they have a sick child and they have an elderly parent that lives with them. So it's a domino effect, man. All I'm saying- I think that's also true about whatever virus caused uh, all the zombies in The Walking Dead. Some people just didn't get it. Well, yeah, or if they I'm, did, they were just carriers and not uh, they, they weren't affected by it. Well, I, I mean, think that, that's my point is that my point is that some people are going to carry it and they're never going to feel it. And yes, you'll never know that. And they may never know it. We have different life which experiences. Which kind of puts a whole who cares on that comment. We have different life experiences. We have different um, life situations. And we have different um, perspectives that shape how we feel about things. Well, that's true. I mean, that's what makes us like one of the greatest yin and yang combinations of known demand. Is, of is that right? That's we right. We complement each other like salt. Because, because you're agoraphobic and I'm not. Uh, I really wouldn't go as you're, far as that. You're, you're COVID agoraphobic. No, you're not at all. COVID agoraphobic. Well, potatoes, potatoes on this. But I do think next week we definitely should do uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh well, all right, Joe. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll end the. You should just bite the bullet and go to a restaurant once, because that's the only way you're going to be able to test it. You don't got to take your kids, Joe. You don't got to take your kids, but you can take care of your processes, and you can do your own decontamination, and uh, and then whenever you get home and you've decontaminated, and you've had a good meal, you'll feel good. You'll feel better. I think that's what it's got to be. You're you're insane. This has been fun, <laughs> though. I'm glad I'm glad we recorded today. Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining. Uh, that was Jeff Hoddle and the Average Joe talking about what this quarantine has done to education in America, and uh, we hope you got as much out of it as we got putting into it. It may have seemed like a few soapboxes every now and then, but well. That's just it is what it is. Make sure you're going out and listening to us on all social media platforms, all podcasting platforms. Search Average Joe's, J-O-S, media, or things you, don't, things you think you don't care about. You can find us on all mediums. All mediums, I recommend iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play. I recommend those. Also, go to our Facebook page, at The Average Joe's Media. Again, the Joe's is J-O-S. Until next time, 
I am the average Joe Boo, speaking for the average Joes, telling you to keep it clean. One, two, three, and two to four. Average Joe and Joe Boo on your radio. Ready, make a podcast, so turn it up. Cause you know we about to mix it up. With music, sports, games, and more. On the podcast, things you think you don't care about. Ain't nothing but a Joe thing, baby. Two guys with...